Hashtag MSW live now on 947 Boomer FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW. Yeah, an important conversation maybe that we haven't had in a long time, uh, but I think it is around about the right time to have it. Oh, I think we've tried to bring it in during certain periods of the show, and I believe that it deserves a regular feature as well. We just don't talk about it enough, which is a big worry for me as mental health is rapidly affecting all our athletes, most of them. I'll tell you what they said in the English Premiership about mental health and what percentage is affected. You look at the athletes. I mean, they are healthy, they are fit. But that doesn't mean that athletes are immune to depression as well as anxiety. And also conversations about mental wellness have to become more prevalent. And though many struggle silently, you've seen in recent times, though, some of the superheroes that we have finally encouraged to remove their red capes and also speak the outspoken. Going to be delving a little bit into that conversation. Revered award-winning clinical psychologist. Hey, we're dealing with award winners from Peter Drury. Hey, Dr. Kokecho Tsebe, Banyana Banyana team psychologist and a whole lot more. I'll tell you about all her accolades. That is just one of them. Doc, good to have you. Welcome to the show. Uh, good evening, Rob, and to the listeners. So grateful to be here. <sighs> difficult to even know where to start when something is so grave and something that's been affecting so, so many of our athletes, maybe even individuals in this building, in the studio. Mm. How prevalent has it just become? Or has it always been there, but maybe not spoken about, been there, but maybe not given a title? Or how do we, how do we box it? Mm. Interesting. Rob. Yeah. How do we box it? I think hypothetically speaking, it has been existent. For quite a while, yeah. perhaps there hasn't been a platform or a public support encouragement for the athletic uh, community or other athletes to come out and speak about their mental health struggles. But you could see that the phase around COVID, at the beginning of COVID, there was just a, a rapid growth around mental health in sports. And I, uh, I'd say that is a phase that actually was in opening up for other cases to be spoken about. So we can hypothesize that it's been existent, just that it wasn't covered, it wasn't spoken about mm. in public. I think people then, I'll come back to the COVID issue because it's a good way, it's a good departure point. Let's use football for an example. Mm. Because in recent time, though, when a player is found to be abusing something like alcohol or drugs, mm. Then the people go back and say, yes, it's because of mental health issues. They were using it to numb themselves. They were trying to find a way out of it. And if you'd find players from days gone by, they were drinking just as much alcohol. Were, but we didn't know what it was or what mm -hmm. the purpose was for them almost breaking a professional code to do something that is unprofessional to try and numb something else. Mm -hmm. in, in today's society, would you say that there are far more issues that are compounded by the desire to do this? Probably because um, of evolution, things change. Yeah. Um, dynamics of football, as you said, changes. For how it was 10 years ago, it's probably different from now, realistically speaking. Um, and as you said that previously, there will be cases that are covered uh, and actually they'll be labeled to say um, 
did not report for camp. You're a, a troublesome player. AWOL. It was, yes, you went AWOL. Perfect, Robert. Yeah. So it wasn't phrased in a way to say this could be a possibility of an underlying mental health condition. Yeah. It was more of a negative labeling around it uh, as if you are delinquent and you, are, you don't really adhere to the rules of the team. Maybe even psychotic. Yes. Yes. They'll say, something's missing upstairs. Yes. And and that's isolating you uh, from the team. Let me use a practical example. And again, you were part of the Banyana team that did so well at the World Cup. So I congratulate you because it was a collective and you would have played a major part in ensuring that the girls are of a right mental state. We here in the country, we see ladies who are extremely professional, extremely gifted, highly talented. They can take on the world like they showed by going to the knockout stages in the World Cup. But the way they leave the country, dejected, there's fights over bonuses, their minds are all over the place, except for football. Then your job becomes that much bigger. I don't know, I am assuming. But on the field, they didn't show that. So how important or what sort of techniques were you able to use to say what a devastating way to leave your country when we should be giving you the most beautiful farewell send off but no you're busy you're fighting until after midnight you're playing in the shoddy pitch and they don't want to be signing things about bonuses steps in the good doctor Rob, uh, let's let's take this maybe from a general point of view. Mm. And of course, I appreciate the context you gave it in regarding the Banyana Banyana mm. departure. But generally, a, a psychologist that is working in a team, you have to deal with different issues. Yeah. Uh, that could be in relate a relation to what you've alluded to or many others in different teams. Maybe that ha- do not have to make it mm. to the media. But as a psychologist, the techniques that you apply, naturally, they are informed by the team dynamics. Um, I've worked with different teams and obviously they will present with different dynamics. Yeah. Uh, but the role of, uh, as a psychologist, uh, the primary role is to to understand, to observe, to also be in the moment and most importantly, to also work alongside the coach uh, because also coach have certain technical desires and goals to overcome. And also as a psychologist, you're coming as an expert to somehow uh, have an aerial view of the entire system. That is the team to say, where is the team coming? But essentially the role is to provide support, whether we're doing extremely well or we're getting disappointing results is to be emotionally present and to sort of be a safe space uh, for both the technical team and athletes to say, you can always go there. Even when you're doing well to say, come, Mm -hmm. let's support, let's work on this talent. Trust issues. How do you find that? You talk about a safe space. Mm. So the word that will float around is trust. How do, we, how do we trust the good doc versus the technical team versus the coach versus maybe at times even the media? Mm. Are we in a safe space as a football player, as an athlete? Because yours crosses over. I mean, you've been a great softball player, baseball player and so on. How do you find that safe space where you earn the trust? especially mm. when they're such a big group. Mm. Coming um, into a system, you come knowingly, mm. um, Robert, especially because of the field of um, psychology still growing in the South African sports context. So you come knowingly with hypotheses, um, hypotheses that will also assist you as a practitioner 
to navigate through the space to get that entry point. Mm. And also, remember, we function within high ethical considerations as we regulated by our the board, HPCSA. Uh, but also systems varies, teams varies how they respond to psychology, uh, maybe due to their own personal attitude and yeah. experiences and also based on the needs. You know, sometimes the case of do they need you at that moment? And uh, I also like to recognize the fact that how long you've been in, into the team, uh, how they relate. You find that individuals relate, uh, certain individuals relate, or the entire team is open for mm. activities. Mm. So it varies, uh, but I believe it's a process. Um, I've seen it working over time. I've worked with softball uh, for two years, and um, it was the relationship grew, mature over time. Yeah. Um, so it's other in teams. You just you, as, a, as a practitioner, it's my responsibility to also be aware where are we now, yeah. um, how sensitive the context is, and implement strategies that can, can be able to improve the relationship. Just on a broader perspective what would you say are some of the the key stresses if i can label them that especially amongst the footballers hmm. well you, you would find i mean i'd probably mention about three what do you find is the conversation is around bills will my contract be extended it's almost the end of the season or the end of my contract sometimes a contract will finish before the season finishes or maybe it's the other way around at times um the Job insecurity hmm. for me. And it doesn't even have to be about sport or even about football. It can be any sporting code. But what would you say are some of the key stresses currently that are leading to individuals, men, women, dropping down like that because of this? Hmm. Interesting. You've already uh, said it, Tony, uh, provided some of the existence about yeah. uh, job security. And I also want to look at it from an African context, taking into context different cultural experiences and dynamics uh, that are existing in the South African football context. Job security. Mm. Um, in our context, uh, footballers, they're breadwinners. They are the stars, you know, uh, the best to have happened from their families. So they somehow assume a responsibility to take care of themselves mm. and also their families as far as their extended families. So there's financial demands, mm. financial demands to take care of their present and somehow still find a way to save for the future. Because as you know, a football career is quite unpredictable. Uh, and also job security to still be in the good books of the coach. Um, because remember, if you're not playing, also it affects you mentally. Mm. There, there's so much stress to keep working hard to make sure that you, uh, you're part of the traveling t- uh, team, you're starting 11. The stress to always be on performance and also be on peak performance. Um, so yeah, these are essentially the, mm. the most important issues that are currently present. I talked about structures mm. and um, we saw it Burnley. Lyle Foster talks about it. Mm. It's something that he spoke about when he was here in studio. It was the beginning stages of it. They couldn't really knuckle it down. Mm. Um, he, he gets to a new club. I mean, this is a premiership club where anybody and everybody would be happy to be able to play. And he is and has been happy to be able to play there. Scoring all the goals, um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, three goals, two assists and seven games was what his stats were looking like. But outside of that, the club was very quick to shut shop, provide him with the kind of assistance that he needs, the kind of professional assistance that he needs. They issue a media statement, say that the player is not going to be available. We've had a local player, played for Pirates, is at Swallows, came out publicly to say, in this country, we don't have that. We Mm -hmm. don't have those structures. I mean, how dangerous is it for that to continue 
for as long as it has been allowed to carry on? And what can we do? Mm. Very dangerous, Rob. Yeah. Uh, because it would then mean that, uh, or rather suggest that we become more reactive, especially when the cases are more at a severe level and they become quite difficult to even manage. Because remember also, uh, clubs are, are naturally results driven. Yeah. So you can imagine if you're at that point, it might not be, they might not fully commit to giving you the necessary support because you're not performing their main team mm-hmm. uh, or other main players. So uh, the dangers of it is that we'll, we'll, we'll always find ourselves having to lose potential talented players mm-hmm. because they did not receive necessary support at the beginning, not in the middle or later when actually the cases are quite severe. And you spoke about policies, how uh, I've read through uh, how the English uh, clubs have been doing it and also your IOC and uh, yeah. FIFA. Uh, yeah. So which informs that um, there's still a gap, there's still a lack of actually policies within our professional football context to say, do we really have a, a policy around mental health and what entails that policy and how do we come about to implement and support athletes as far as mental health awareness is concerned? But do we have within our disposal that gap from, a, let's say, from a medical fraternity perspective? Mm to then approach the professionals and say you expect the most. I mean, the example I've used about Lyle is even far from an underperforming individual. He was actually performing at the beak. He was performing for one of the best performers in the league, nominated for the player of the month and so on. So he's, he was one, top of the food chain. But the technical team realizing that, oh, if we let him go, we might be losing out games they were not selfish. It wasn't about the games, the wins, what he brings into the team. They even spoke about dealing with the human being. And when you come back from the break, Doc, uh, let's talk about that. Because sometimes I think we remove the human being at the expense of the results. Marala Sports Worldwide on 947, Monday to Friday from 6 to 7 p.m. Hashtag MSW. Good evening, Rob. It's the Boko Europe. I just want to compliment Coach Steve Compella for the work that he's doing at Swallows. Uh, because for me, it takes a tactically matured coach to implement the modern way of playing the game. Uh, that is to build up from the back uh, with an understanding that at the adaptation phase, there's going to be a lot of turnovers and the team is going to concede a lot of goals. But as soon as the guys adjust to that game model, uh, the, uh, the benefits are going to be immense. And for me, Swallows is one of the uh, teams that is playing with so much structure and there's a lot of transformation how the team is, is playing under the new under coach Steve uh, but lastly Rob I just want to give credit to my team Arsenal how they played yesterday and particularly Kyle Havertz uh, because for me one player who has always been under immense pressure uh, but yesterday he pulled out uh, one of the great performance uh, uh, since he joined the Gunners uh, creating those possibilities for uh, Bakayo Saka to be on 1v1s uh, but also uh, credit uh, to uh, uh, Martin uh, Odegaard uh, in the middle field, uh, giving us uh, uh, that structure and stability and uh, 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 dictating tempo and also uh, giving us that uh, uh, progression and uh, also critical uh, in terms of uh, uh, giving us uh, press uh, resistance because that's something that was key uh, out of him yesterday. But thank you so much. Uh, Thank you so much indeed. Hey, uh, typical soccer night. I can hear uh, from the conversations that you're sending through to us, but I, I definitely agree. Oh, 
I think we can talk forever about that Arsenal game against Luton. So many lessons to be learned. And also just from a coaching perspective, how not to throw your goalkeeper under the bus. And that's how Mikel Oteta handled it. Handled it beautifully. And I've got to, you know, commend him for it. Because, you know, sometimes as media, we give you a bit of a lead on to say, oh, your goalkeeper did this. Yeah, 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 you should have. Then that becomes the headline. And I think in this case, certainly not. Talking about something that shouldn't be in the headlines. Shouldn't be having as many victims that it has right now. Issues around mental health. And if the right word would be mental illness. But that's why we bring in the experts to come through. Dr. Kokecho Tsebe is here with us. Uh, talking all issues to do with this certain topic that has become so prevalent, not just in South Africa. We talk about it globally. We use a South African football player uh, as an example. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she is a sports psychologist, clinical psychologist, lecturer, an academic at large, and also somebody who I can proudly say earned and achieved a PhD at the age of 30. You were driven. You wanted us, didn't you? Yes, of course I did. I wanted yeah. it so bad. Yeah. Why? Why? Well, what led you in, in this path? I mean, what led you towards your teachings? I'll, I'll touch a little bit on, you know, your PhD, the thesis on the mindfulness, acceptance, you know, commitment, uh, approach, etc. Mm. Why? What, what was the driving force for you? Right, Rob, the driving force for me is that being trained in clinical psychology, I wanted to research in a study that will expose me to sports psychology yeah. uh, to because it was a quasi-experimental, so I have to do a run a group exercise activities. So to be exposed uh, uh, as a PhD candidate mm. to and have a feel of how it, it feels, rather, to work in sports. So somehow it was a first introductory into working yeah. in sports, uh, obviously theoretically and in practice as a candidate, and opened opportunities thereafter. But also within a... Within the realm of activities that you and your family love so much. Huelering mm. um, Rovers is what I remember from back in the days. Uh, but like I said, baseball, uh, the lesser spoken about softballs in this country are widely played and yet people don't know and they don't understand. I don't even know how to raise the profile of those <laughs> sports because they look at them and say, ah, these are American-based sports. Yeah. But you were there at the heart and center of it. Yes, I was there, definitely. Uh, Maholering Township, in yeah. addition to be known about the Maholering Rail Rovers, is also known about softball, Maholering yes. Spikes softball team. Quite a historic and rich team that are yeah, very, very close to my heart. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's still very, very present at the moment. During that time, Maholering was big in softball and it was mm. also within the family, uh, the Tsebe family, we, mm. our brothers, cousins were involved and that also influenced me to also join and play softball. And here we have your expertise and lots of questions are coming through from our listeners. Evening, Prarob, and evening to the doctor. Um, Prarob, um, I have a question for the doctor with uh, regards to the Mañana Banyana team. Yes, um, they did their best at the World Cup, um, but a certain player in that Banyana Banyana group was under a lot of scrutiny. Um, a player like a Kedlin Swat. A lot of people were saying that she didn't deserve to be part of the team or part of the starting lineup. Um, so I, I, the question that I have for the doctor is that how did she um, keep a Kedlin Swat happy and smiling 
uh, throughout the whole tournament and knowing that the bigger picture is to be um, is to play for the team firstly and to play for the country. So my question basically is that how did she keep a Kaelin Swart uh, um, positive and smiling besides all the criticism that she was getting back home? Thank you, Mr. Marao. Fair question. But obviously comes with the ethical dynamics, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks to the listener. I wish to really, really take uh, through the journey. But I think it's always better if players are the ones that um, speak about their experiences of psychology. Because as me as a practitioner, the line of work binds us confidentially. Yes. <laughs> yeah, confidentiality rather. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think we've spoken to both... Uh, Sisters, actually. <laughs> We've spoken to Caleb uh, quite extensively about uh, the issue. And I know that Andil had spoken about just mentally, and even in her last interview, you know, after they did magic like they always do, um, somebody called and asked about Caitlin. And she said, Can it not be about her? Can it be about me mm. and what I'm achieving? Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I'm sick and tired of achieving and then I go for interviews and people want to ask me about somebody who is not here mm-hmm. and somebody who's not part of my success and my journey and my victories as well. But all I can say and, and being mindful and respectful of, of, of um, your profession is that these are two very mentally tough ladies. Mm-hmm. That's what I discovered. Mm-hmm. And my knowledge of them also dates many, many years of having one-on-one conversations with them mm-hmm. is that they know the rigors of just playing football as women, mm-hmm. but then the criticism was elevated when it came to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I agree with you, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know what comes in with that mental strength and how you can help them to just... Because the media, especially with social media now being so prevalent, it's it's a case of do you read? Do you keep away from social media? What's the general rule outside of the individuals that we talk about that you try and advise athletes mm. just regarding them and these devices? <laughs> Rob, regulation, regulate. Regulate the use of social media mm. um, because whatever you read, it, it would uh, most likely have an impact on your emotional state, on your emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. So regulating your information intake, it's also important. And more so, especially during um, World Cups, for instance, big competitions such yes. as World Cup, at least use different strategies. Others will tell you build up to that two months before they are off social media. If they have to ask for their manager to do that for PR-related activities, they do that. So somehow mm-hmm. to also protect your mental health well-being. Mm-hmm. And if the business must run or continue, you, you can still be uh, be able to continue uh, on the other side while, while you're also off from social media. Uh, Robert, greet you and the doctor with a good heart. Uh, I'm glad you are mentioning Lyle Foster. I've been wondering about him. Uh, I would like to know how he is. And is he back at Burnley yet? Or is he still recovering? Moi blij, moi blij, Ben Richter. Ben Richter, thank you so much indeed. The information that I got the last time was that he was still, uh, you know, seeking professional help. I remember I reached out to his dad. That was around about the 9th of November, asking how uh, he is. His dad, Lance, uh, did respond. He said he's doing much better. Uh, Just some battles, but every day differently for him. But he's pushing and keeping very, very strong and says all good for now. So, you know, one does, even outside of being on air, try and keep in touch with people that matter. Spoke before the break about there being a removal 
of the human being in this whole equation. And I think we've all become guilty of it. And that, again, puts that pressure that is already existing in the fact that they become an object, a great midfielder, great goalkeeper, he must play. Mm-hmm. How important is it for us, Doc, to not remove the human being, but to include the person? Mm. Because that's what they are. Mm. Essentially, basically, that's how they are. Yeah. It's your study. Firstly, you're a human being, um, Robert. It's important in a way that um, we should see uh, a, a footballer, an athlete mm. beyond that as a human being. Uh, a human being who have needs, emotional needs, human being who also have problems and yeah. issues to resolve. Um, and f- by so doing, then it will be able to allow and promote a sense of able to say, let's take care mm. um, of the athlete and be able to say, you can be off, disconnect and take care of your well-being and also be supportive in a way that you also don't interfere with the uh, uh, mental health treatment. You give them the necessary support. Let's hear from one of our listeners. Good morning, Rob, and good evening to the doctor. Rob, this is a very important conversation that you're having. And for me, it will cre- remove the stigma and create a conducive environment for sportsmen and women uh, to speak out and seek help if they've got mental health issues. And for me, it was rather encouraging to hear a role, to see a role model like Simone Biles speaking out on mental health issues, also declaring herself not available to compete due to uh, some of the issues that she experienced uh, personally. Uh, But I just wanted to ask the doctor, at what age should athletes be introduced to mental health support? Because these guys go through a lot of disappointments, they go through challenges, and they are expected to compete at the highest level or at the competitive level, irrespective of what they go through uh, individually. Just want to hear your views around that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Doc, how do you respond? Um, thank you so much, Tabo, for that question from developmental phase uh, by promoting life skills programs and introducing the discipline of psychology so that they also be comfortable and relate with the discipline. I mean, I've just been reminded of a story that we saw in October. And again, it goes back to the women's game. Banyana Banyana player, Robin Woodley, announcing that she's stepping away from the national team. She's 29 years old. And when you talk about retirement from Banyana Banyana at the age of 29, and she said, and I quote, one of the reasons for her decision was because of her commitment to taking care of my mental well-being. That was the key thing. She's saying that today, on that day, that Thursday in October, is a difficult day for me, but it's also a day of reflection and gratitude. 29 years old, you make a big decision Mm. to move away from a game you've loved and you love, that you've sacrificed almost everything for. Mm. That's what it's come down to, Doc. But it's not going to make her happier, I would imagine, in the long run, knowing that that game that she loves, she's not a part of it because whatever it was that was frustrating her within the game is causing her to step away. Mm. I mean, how's that for conflict? I think the feedback we're getting here, Rob, is yeah. that um, how important it is to that as you grow as a player, um, you have to make the hardest decision. Mm. You weigh in between you know, what you're passionate about, what you probably wanted to yeah. be part of for as long as you've been a player. This is what's important, uh, your mental health. And I have to comment here for the yeah. decision to be able to say, okay, the, in this phase of life, this is what I think should be a priority. And I guess as part of growing up, as part of being a professional uh, footballer, it comes with making the hardest decision. And it's been said, though, that something like poor mental health 
makes all of us more vulnerable. When I say vulnerable to, you know, certain physical health conditions, I mentioned heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes. Are, the, are these interlinked? Yes, absolutely. The physical yeah. and mental well-being, they all make together your health well-being of an individual, which means that one needs to be at least stable. Because like you said, if you are mentally you're weakened, you're most likely to be prone to uh, medical-related conditions because it also impacts on your immune system. Yeah. Um, it also impacts on your attitude and your approach generally in also taking care of your mental health. So the two worlds coexist, and of course, I agree with you, they're interlinked. Agents. <laughs> I know it's a topic for 12 hours, <laughs> but I also find them to be at certain stages, and not all of them, part of the problem, that they are there, to sign contracts, get their commission, disappear mm. until the next negotiation. I don't know what your experience has been in dealing with individuals that are suffering but have an agent that is supposed to look after the entire holistic welfare, but they're not there. Mm. Yes, um, naturally the, the relationship between the agent and players should be quite holistic that it moves beyond uh, money-making, you know, um, profit-based. But also take care of the well-being of an athlete in the best interest of also longevity. But certainly there are experiences whereby uh, it also becomes a a limitation to the athletes Mm -hmm. because of how invested they are or what is their interest at that point. And um, which also make them prone also for them uh, battling with mental health due to issues around their relationship and also the benefits thereof. Paul says, Doc is super professional, premium human and a star. Sport is blessed. That is directed at you. Thank you, Paul. Well, I can say, Doc, is let's do this soon because if we don't do a follow-up, sometimes these things are easily forgotten and when we forget, uh, somebody somewhere gets hurt Mm. or we lose them Mm. um, as a whole. But I want to thank you so much. I want to thank you so much for bringing this. And you've heard from the interaction with the listeners that it is an important topic, one that's long overdue, uh, but you've stepped up And thank you for getting it going. Thank you so much for the invitation and for the listeners, for the engagement. And once again, congratulations on your recent accolade drop. Well done. Hey, Doc. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to follow in your footsteps, man. (laughs) Thank you so, so much indeed, Dr. Koketsutsebe. My guest tonight, right here on hashtag MSW. I don't even know if you're on social media. Um, We're talking other things about it, but yeah, maybe we can follow you if you are. I am K-O-K-E-T-J-O. Okay. Please follow and learn. Hashtag MSW live now on 947 Vuma FM, Rise FM, and Soweto Live at the same time. Hashtag MSW.